welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordell. The next Catalyst Coaching Intensive begins November 5th. If you're inspired to begin your own coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit shift.us, S-H-F-T for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, what's up? Noel and I are back and we are talking about a really important topic today. This is a question that I get all the time in coaching people with relationships and it's basically this. How do you know if you're with the wrong person? Noel, yeah. what do you think about that topic? topic? Well, it's, it's, it's a very common topic in coaching, certainly, and especially in relationship coaching. And I honestly get it a lot when I'm doing divorce recovery coaching because people are kind of wondering how the hell it all went wrong. Yes, but before we get to that, I want to say a couple of things. One, before Noelle and I jumped on Skype, um, she texted me. I forgot my password. I can't get into Skype, and I texted her back that her life is a sitcom. And (laughs) and so Noelle has been traveling back and forth from L.A. to Philly and just like every day is an adventure and it's like fucking Harold and Kumar, um, me being Kumar. And uh, it's been it's been hilarious and fun. And you know what? It's like your life really is like a sitcom. It is. My life is a sitcom, you know, and it's just I, I actually love that this is a life coaching podcast because. You know, there. I talk about it a lot. There was a time we talk about setting your goals, setting your goals publicly, and I put forth that I wanted to be a bi-coastal coach, and God damn it, it happened. Yeah, <laughs> with or without you, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. So my life is a sitcom. I just got home. I have I, every time I come home, I have to like beg for acceptance from my dog again. You know, George is so sad. Oh. And he loves me, and he gets so mad at me. So we finally we got to a good place today, and then I had to take it to the vet, and he's pissed at me again. But we'll get through it. So are you going to bring your dog to L.A.? He's going to come with me in January, for the month of January. We're going to drive my car across country, and the doggy is going to stay for a That's little while. amazing. So another, yeah. another adventure for you. I know, I know. Life is not boring. No, that's a good thing. And um, yeah. the other thing I wanted to say is you are um, one of my favorite humans. Oh, John. Yes. Likewise. And that is, um, that is uh, I'm not just saying that because we're on a podcast or I feel like I have to. Um, I, and, and here's why. So I really mean that. And, you know, Noel and I have known each other for a long time, but also, you know, a lot of that time was kind of peripherally uh, just, you know, internet, uh, communicating via email. But, you know, in the last couple of years, um, you know, just us with the startup, we've been engaging a lot more. And here's what I discovered about Noel Cordeaux. Uh-oh. She holds up. And this is one of the greatest compliments that, in my opinion, anyone could give me is like so what i mean by that is you are consistent like butter like Aww. you know like cuz there's a lot of people who you get to know and then they, they're different and they're not who you thought they were or like there was some false advertising but noel's exact same person um she was 5 years ago 6 years ago i mean you know she's she's changed and, and grown and ha- you know have she has her own story etc but like overall at the core you're 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 just you Aw, thank you. That's awesome and super sweet and a huge compliment. 
Yeah, uh, you hold up and you say who you are, you're consistent, and um, those are really important character traits. And so that's why you are um, one of my favorite humans. Thanks, John. You're welcome. You're the best. That's, that's sweet. All right, let's talk about how we know when we're with the wrong person. Um, because, you know, you, you don't really know you're with the wrong person sometimes unless you're with, you're with the right one because wrong is not obvious, right? Um, yeah. Besides, besides the obvious, like be, besides the physical abuse, emotional abuse, and you just know it's wrong. Um, there's a lot of wrong people uh, that turn wrong over time or it's very subtle or you wake up one day and you're like, this doesn't feel right. You know, there's a lot of gray areas. And well, I want to note that you and I are going to probably have very different perspectives on this topic. Sure. Because um, you are see the world in terms of, um, and, and again, like this isn't wrong. The way that people see the world is just the way they see the world. But you see the world in terms of binary and you're looking for um, your true love, your one and only. And right. I don't see the world that way. Right. I see the world as non-binary. I see the world as having many potential loves. I see the world as, you know, there's, there, there might be somebody that's fundamentally incongruent with you, but lots of different relationships bring lots of different things to the table. And it's okay to become complete through experiencing different. Right. Uh, and I love that. I love that. And I think that's, you know, we can't both be the same people with the same views. That would be really boring. Yeah. You know, that would be boring. But let's get into it. Yeah. So, so in your life, in looking back, if you were going to talk to your younger self, what would you say um, mentally, physically, and emotionally would be the red flag? Oh, man, this is great because I just happened to uh, have <laughs> wrote an article about this. So for me, it's easy because I have like cheat notes. For Noelle, she's just going straight off improv. Um, I think that wrong usually doesn't come with flags or neon lights. I think that sometimes wrong isn't wrong until it is. So like uh, – and here are some of my – and I just have a few here, but here are some of my signs that um, you're with the wrong person. And of course wrong in my opinion, not Noelle's, but in my opinion, wrong equals unhealthy, unsustainable, and then kind of like this idea of your, that you're building on sand. Uh, the first reason uh, – the first sign I guess is that um, you don't feel safe. And there could be a lot of reasons why you don't feel safe, but I feel like if you're in a relationship where you um, don't feel safe, whether it's a uh, character assassination or control or crippling jealousy, poor communication, whatever it is, if you just don't feel safe, um, I think the first thing is to do is explore yourself. Is it something that's happening within you or is it the relationship and the other person? And if it's a relationship and the other person um, and they either choose not to work on it or they don't have the ability to, then I feel that you're with the wrong person. Yeah, I agree with that. And okay. I want to add to the concept of, of unsafe. Mm. Uh, so, you know, something that uh, I've looked for in relationships over the years as a red flag is like, um, uh, does this person put me down? Oh, does yeah. this person like pick Huge. apart my physical appearance? Um, does this person jeer at me or make fun of me? Because that's, you know, there's a big difference between having a really great banter with someone and somebody that like actually makes fun of you and puts you down. Yeah, and yeah. when things cross over the line in that way, it's a big, huge signal to me that whether this person is a friend or a lover or a partner, I don't know if I like this thing. If someone is putting you down, I mean, they're basically bullying you. 
Yes. You know, and yes. that is not, that is definitely not safe. It definitely um, means that you're with the wrong person. I think safety is kind of soil. I think if you don't feel safe, you're not going to build trust. And without trust, there's no relationship. And I think that's really common, you know, like it's, it's really common. I, I mean, I hear partners all the time refer to each other as like stupid and, and, and yeah. I like, it shocks me and I'm like, oh my God, like that's your partner. <laughs> like, why would you say that? Yeah. But, it makes me sad. And you know, I get that there's joking cause you're like, you know, and of course there's tone. Like if you're like, Hey, stupid, whatever. And if it's, if, if people are okay with that, but underneath it's all love, I get it. But when you start getting into like, you know, assess, like, you know, you're an asshole or you're, you know, the B word or whatever, when you start calling people names like that, it's not, you're really doing damage. It's not safe. It's not safe or it's not healthy. Definitely. hundred percent. Nope. So what else do you have? Uh, the second one is speaking of banter, if shit's uh, just boring because there's no banter. So like, and, and you know what, you define what banter means for you. It's one of the things that I've learned is a piston in the engine to drive the relationship forward. Because, you know, um, you know, hotness and sexual chemistry and sex and all that, uh, that's great. And of course, that's high up and everyone, you know, that's kind of the movie magic that we all look for. But I mean, how much time are we actually physically having sex with someone? You know, a, a couple times a week, three, four times a week, if it's good. Most of the time, it's it's spending time with the person um, as a person and, you know, sharing meals, hanging out in the car, like whatever it is, doing daily life. And if you don't have banter, whether that's humor or intellectual or something that, you know, gets you guys engaged with each other, um, it, the relationship is going to feel flat. And I think you're with the wrong person. Yeah. And so, you know, like, uh, so banter is definitely important, but I think it's also, it's important to me and it's important to you. You and I are both very verbal people. Yes. And we connect to others through verbal chemistry. Yes. And so if you're somebody that is quiet and introverted and a deep thinker, you know, this goes back to the, lo the love languages. Right. Um, so for you and I, words of affirmation is probably one of our long love languages. We need that verbal connection. Yes, 100%. You know, for somebody who doesn't have that, being in a room with a person and just sitting there contently might be enough. So, right, you know, right. if you're listening to this, I would say go back to your love languages and figure out how you like to be and exist in a relationship because banter doesn't really work for everybody. Yeah, and that's a great point. You know, if that's not your wiring and it's not something that is, uh, you know, uh, super important to you, then, you know, it may not be. I, and Noel's right. I mean, for me, it's really important. You know, and I also I want to I want to put my sex therapist hat on for a second and I want to tackle um, just uh, an offhand comment about like how many like, you know, how, how much can you actually have sex with every, any like with oh, someone shit. With a partner. oh, shit. Yeah, no, totally. Um, no, I do because because I think it's I think it's important, you know, as we're coming at this, um, we're coming at this as from our personal selves. But from a professional standpoint, I want to make sure that anybody who's listening to it, who isn't like you or I, doesn't think that there's something wrong with them. God, you know, I'm talking about the, <laughs> yeah. the people that just like they have to schedule sex and all that. And, you know, that that world, you know. Um, most people I know who now have, uh, you know, they're living the picket fence life. Um, they only have sex like twice a week, you know, and they're twice scheduled. Twice a week is great. Well, well, not great for them, but not for, for them. again, not for us. And but and, but what I wanted to mention was the continuum of skin hunger, where where mm. where people range from really not needing touch 
uh, really not needing sexuality. They might identify as asexual all the way through to the other end of the spectrum where you're hypersexual, heavy touch, nymphomaniac, and anything in between is perfectly fine. So when you're looking for a partner, I think something that's really common that happens that I've seen a lot in sex therapy land is that people are mismatched in terms of skin hunger. Mm. And skin hunger. It, that's really interesting that, that term. Yeah. It sounds like a, a porno movie. <laughs> it's totally not a porno movie. It's, it's, it's like it's quite literally the degree to which you like to be touched. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, some people can go through their entire existence and be perfectly fine with having a really great, loving, awesome, supportive relationship and really not need that touch um, or that sexual fulfillment. And other people are like, you know, like suction cups, like they need Mm -hmm. to be touched. They need to be attached to their partner and they need that physical fulfillment. And you can be compatible on so many different levels. And if that's not there, it can get really difficult. Yeah. So some people are very tactile. Um, I would say that I fall into that category and some people just don't like it. They actually, they, they could love someone, but they don't like to be touched all the time. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And that's just, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. It's important to talk about, I think, you know, like that's a conversation that I've definitely had when I was dating. It's like, how much do you like to be touched? Sounds like a weird question. Super important. It really is. And, um, you know, what, what else is important is the communicating so people aren't left in the dark. And um, if you don't like to be touched but you don't communicate that, then the other person can uh, take it as rejection or that they're not attractive. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. What else you got All right. on, the, um, on the list? The next one is they always make it about them. So um, – and by the way, this list isn't like a um, – a sign to leave the relationship. It's just red flags. I mean, it's a sign if people don't change. Um, but you know, I always say that you don't just leave because you see flags. You leave when when the relationship isn't, in your opinion, uh, you know, repairable. So, a lot of times, people constantly make like whatever you do, they'll turn it around and make it about them. Um, and there's nothing. And what happens is the result of that is you feel very alone in the relationship. You feel very unheard. And there's nothing more sad than being in a relationship but being lonely. Yes, and communication is so important in this regard because. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, especially when there are different love languages or things like this have gone unexpressed, the the offending partner has absolutely no idea that right. the person they're engaged with, living with, whatever, feels lonely. Right, right. And it's the last thing that they want, you know, but that's, there's this really great concept um, in marriage and family therapy that I'm sure you know of that you treat the relationship as a third entity. Mm, where, I, I always say that, right? It's its yeah, own thing. It's its own thing. And, and both people have to keep the damn thing alive. And so coming at it from the perspective of not like you're doing this to me, you yes. selfish asshole, but like what can we do to keep this third thing alive? I love that because, you know, when you see uh, – because most people see the relationship as in, okay, it's me and you, and you know, I'm not getting what I want or there's a lot of blame, a lot of control, judgment. But when you see that you, it's two people building this other thing, then it's easy to take yourself out of self and say, okay – because it's like it's, – it's the same reason why people would do anything for their children. It's like right. this other this other being, right, that they love. And so if you guys are both building something that is outside of yourself, then it's easier to let that be bigger than you. And then there's a lot more compromise, a lot more willing to, you know, uh, uh, swallow ego, et cetera. 
A hundred percent. And there's choice at every turn. It's like, yeah. you know, do you want to act in the interest of the relationship or not? Period. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 it, and, it, and at a certain point, there are forks in the road and the answer might be no. And that's right. okay too. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. And, it, and it, if you don't think or if things have changed so much where you don't think it's repairable or two people have just gone in separate directions and they've changed as people, then yeah, maybe the answer is no. And I don't want to invest in this anymore. And that happens all the time. It does. It happens yeah. all the time. And, you know, I think this is hard on so many different fronts because dating is so hard. So hard. People yeah, especially today. Yeah. Like so much rejection. It's hard to find a partner. It's find, hard to find somebody that you're compatible with. So so going into this thing, you know, I've coached people um, through online dating especially. That gets really gnarly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, going into it and trying to be evaluative. And there are so many things you have to think of up front. And then when you're in the relationship, it starts all over again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so many things that you have to think it, about all the time and work. And towards. also, I think just just uh, we uh, these days we just hide behind our phone. No one picks up the phone. No one calls. It's via you know second, third generation uh, messaging like text and and DMs and it's just it's it's poor communication. Um, I, you know, back in the day, and I'm I'm old enough where I remember like in the '80s, um, and I was just a kid, but like. You actually had to call someone or you won't be able to talk to them. So, you know, it forced people to actually have human exchanges. Uh, now everything is digital and it's just, um, it, it, I think it's a huge, there's a huge wall with dating where people just aren't on the same page and most of it is just miscommunication and hiding behind phones. I completely, I completely agree. And I think another thing that happens is um, the shiny thing syndrome where mm -hmm. it, it takes a long time to actually get to know someone and with online dating and hiding behind your phone and texting and ghosting and the whole nine yards, um, it, it's so easy to be dismissive of someone yeah. because they don't measure up to your abstract version of what a human should be from a virtual perspective. And it's sure. so fucked. So and, fucked. and also there's a lot more false advertising now because there's filters, there's uh, ways that you could present yourself, whether it's, you know, video or angles or whatever it is on your social media platforms or dating profiles um, where it's, you know, you could, you, you could create a story about you that isn't necessarily true. You may not hold up, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think that goes in the other direction, too, is a lot of times, um, you know, attraction palettes vary. And so you mm. might have a story in your head about what you're attracted to. And then when you get to know someone physically, mentally, emotionally, intellectually, they become attractive to you. Yeah. And features that sure. weren't attractive before change. Yes, and there's a lot of that that could be happening, but it doesn't because people don't give it a chance. So I really believe in the idea that you know the process should be uh, appealing an onion, not biting an apple. And yeah, a, and a lot of people this generation coming up, um, who you know have grown up on swiping and swipe culture, they are biting apples. They're not peeling any onions. <laughs> well, you know, and I think too that has to do with the fact that you know we're we're preconditioned to bite apples, right? Like our 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 stimulus is based on sex. We want that we want that apple response. You know, we don't yeah. go into it thinking about long term fulfillment. We go into it thinking right. about immediate gratification. Sure, and I think it depends on what what age you are too. I definitely yeah. in my twenties um, was all about the apple. 
um, <laughs> now more about uh, layers, you know. Layers. Now you're onions. Now you're <laughs> now, <like> <laughs> I'm not an onion, but I, I like peel. I, yeah, I need to peel an onion. Um, the next one I have is uh, they're the wrong person for you if they're controlling. Now, here's the thing about controlling. It comes in all different forms, and I think the worst is the subtle control because, like, the obvious controlling behavior is obvious, and eventually you're not going to put up with it, especially if you believe that you have value. And the more value you believe you have, the, the, the more you'll be able to spot their controlling ways. But it's the subtle control. You know, it's the manipulative, very sneaky, convincing you that it's uh, not them but you maybe or, you know, feeling controlled in a very subtle subtle way or if it happens kind of like a dripping faucet over the years um, and you wake up one day and you've like lost yourself or your identity. That's really common. And, you know, and, and I want to talk more about the control thing because it does come in so many different forms. Um, another form of control is, um, is bad behavior from a partner, whether mm. that's like overly emotional reactions or screaming or yelling or throwing a fit, you know, anything that your partner does that you develop like almost PTSD and I, you're like, I, I, oh. I'm so glad that you're saying this because this is something that people don't think about, right? Right. Like they, it, they wouldn't define that as control. Absolutely not. But it's a hundred percent complete, um, possibly unintentional, but it's fucking emotional manipulation. Mm. When somebody acts or behaves in such a way that their partner is held hostage, Ooh, you know, waiting yeah. for the other shoe to drop constantly, right, right. that's, that's, damaging controlling behavior holy shit that's what i used to be in my 20s steamrolling yeah steamrolling short-tempered um um you know and the person i was with was probably always walking on eggshells and then um unhappy and negative and just just a really attractive person <laughs> yeah he sounds awesome but you know what? like i think i pulled some of that shit when i was going through my divorce i i think i definitely pitched sure. a couple of bits and, and, and uh, you know, I mean, I think everyone, everyone who's young and in their twenties, have go through you know a version of this or seasons of it. But it's really interesting to label that as controlling because if you were to ask me then, you know, are you controlling? I'd be, what are you talking about? I, you know, I, I let this person do whatever she wants. But according to your definition, of course, that that is controlling because you're controlling the space, you're controlling the, uh, you know, like the temperature of the room and all these other things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes for relationships other than romantic relationships oh, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like everybody has that one friend who's like a terrible fucking drunk and you're like, I don't even want to be with this guy, you know, like yeah. that's controlling behavior. Like Man, I love it. When you hijack the energy or yeah, you you walk into a room and suddenly it's off balance because of you because <laughs> you're the the, 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 the right. black hole. Um, right. then you are controlling. I love that. Thanks, yeah. thanks for shedding light on that. Totally. Uh, and the last one I have is, and this is a big, big topic, and, and we could talk about it, is, uh, and it's general, is poor intimacy. And, of course, under mm -hmm. in intimacy, there's a lot of different uh, things. But, you know, I think ultimately intimacy is about connection. So when you disconnect with that person for whatever the reason um, – and, it, you know, and, and people have drifted so far where that connection is if you don't, you're not able to get it back. Like if the connection in your relationship is like one bar on your cell phone and no matter where you go or what you do, you just don't get better reception after a while. You know, you're just you're with the wrong person. Yeah. So I that this is a super important topic. And I think that this also goes back to love languages. Yeah, because connection is defined by how you give 
and receive and wish to experience love. So for example, if you're someone who demonstrates love through acts of service, if you're in a long distance relationship and you're not physically with your partner every day, it's almost impossible to bridge that connection because you're not able to show up in the way that you want to. Right. Um, and connection is also respect. Yeah. Vulnerability. Well, well, connection is also giving the person their own space. Yeah, giving the person their own space, allowing them to 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 be themselves, um, complete acceptance. Um, I, I think vulnerability goes in there. Mm, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you can't connect if you're not vulnerable. Like, how, what are you gonna? You know, you're not showing yourself. Yeah, and that goes along with empathy. You know, where I think I think that this is one of the most important grown up skills to have in a relationship is when your partner's going through a shit time. You don't try to fix it for them, but you have empathy for what they're going through and just, you know, stand there solid like a rock and be like, I know you'll figure it out. That is sexy. That builds trust. That, guys, and I know I'm generalizing, but um, I'm talking to to men because a lot of times men want to fix things and sometimes – they don't want you to fix it. They just want you to be empathetic. They want you to, to go through it with them. They want you to just provide that space, that safe space. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it goes – it cuts both ways. I mean there's, there's been nothing more maddening to me in my life when I've had a problem and some dude is like, oh, let me fix it for right. you, buttercup. And I'm like, back the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think – I mean I, I, and it, listen, me included back in the day, um, that's our knee jerk you know, because it makes us feel – like heroes and and also it's the definition of man. I think that if we don't fix it, especially if it's our, you know, our lover, our partner, then we feel less of a man. So that's why we're we're kind of trying to put on our cape and trying to fix everything. And it's equally sexy to have a dude be like, You're a smart woman, you can handle yourself, you know, let me know what you need. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's it t- I think that's more attractive. I think that's sexier. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. And that doesn't mean, and here's the thing, a lot of people can be like, oh, well, that means that he doesn't care, you know? No, I think that, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about true partnership, you know, you have to be cool with yourself first. You know, yeah. if, if, if you're bridging too much over into your, the other person's lane, that you, that's codependent. Yeah. You know, well. two equal competent adults building something together, you know, that's, that's what a relationship is. Yes, and it's hard, right? And it's hard. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're in something, when you're in the trenches, when you are in love, it's hard to see what a lot of other people see because, you you know, it's hard to, to see from a different perspective or, you know, any kind of point of view that's not your own. Yes, it, and it is. It's super hard to see from any point of view that's not your own. And I, and I think our impulse is to, um, to, to parent someone. You know, because we were raised with parents. Yeah. So I think that's the default that we fall into. And a, and, and a relationship is just a completely different thing. So we think about our parents. We think about that modeling. We try to do it. And um, that's not the way modern life works. I think the entire concept of relationships is changing, you mm. know, from a family unit perspective, from a professional perspective. And oh, what was I reading? Oh, it was so interesting. 
Interesting. Oh, I know what it was. So I went down a deep rabbit hole about um, perimenopause. And what's happening to women right now from an evolutionary capacity is we are literally are uh, the, the period of which we can have babies is expanding because we're living longer. Like we're mm. seeing it, ha- we're seeing this phenomenon happen in real time. So right. like from an evolutionary perspective, like women's capacities are changing. So this is definitely going to impact our relationship dynamics. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. Um, that's me. Anything else as in, that's my list. Um, any other final words? Can you believe that it's already been 30 minutes? No, this, this is, this is how, this is how I know that, um, we create decent dialogue. Um, (laughs) you know what? Fuck decent, great dialogue. I don't need to be modest, right? Let's own it. I, I think you and I create amazing banter and dialogue because every time we talk, I feel like it's four minutes has gone by and it was, it's been like 30. It's been like 30. Yeah, no, I agree. It's always a pleasure. Um, I, I want to close out with, so when I have relationship clients, the very first thing I ask them to do is make a list of their non-negotiable. Yeah, me too. In a relationship. And mine are a kindness always. I need somebody that's kind and I ask oh, them for yeah. five. Five. Um, I want somebody who's smart and ambitious in life. I want somebody that wants to be social with their partner. Um, and I want somebody that has the same interests in um in like art and music and doing the same stuff that I like to do. Cause that's mm. like what I like to do with a partner. Sure. Um, and then, uh, I forget what my fifth one was probably like gets along with my family and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and you know what, I got to say that, you know, your non-negotiables can change. It's not wet cement as you change and you know what, what you were willing to say, negotiate, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe you're not willing to, or vice versa. Absolutely. Absolutely. They change. And so if you're looking at, if you're with the wrong person, if they're not hitting any of your non-negotiables, <laughs> that might be some room for yes. questioning. Yes, absolutely. Um, all my non-negotiables are purely aesthetic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know what? My, my non-negotiables are kind of uh, right up there with yours. Definitely kind. And you know what's funny is if you're kind to me, but you're an asshole to the server or the busboy or someone, or you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah. That's not that's not like uh, consistent like butter. You know, that's not holding up. That is, uh, there's something false about that that I, I won't trust. But yeah, kind goes a long way. It's huge. I think we start there. Um, I'm a big fan of banter. Uh, one of my non-negotiables um passion uh you know it doesn't matter what you do but that you're actually passionate about it you know a- another non-negotiable now that i have is um i can't be with someone who's uh, complaining about life every day and negative oh yeah oh my god or like you know like victim mode i can't anyone that 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 is just and you know what shit happens and you could go through your 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 couple days or whatever you know eat eat the ice cream and feel sorry for yourself and have a pity party but you it just can't be um a lifestyle <laughs> mindset right absolutely and and i yeah i agree with you on that one negativity is huge negativity is huge all right guys well um we like to keep these short uh if you like our conversations subscribe so you know um when a new episode is up and um anything else noel 
Well, I mean, if you like our conversation and you're interested in life coaching and you want to be trained by the two of us, um, well, come two of find, us plus more, two of plus us plus more. more. Yep. Um, yeah. Come find me online and let's have that conversation. Yes. And she's not just saying that people actually schedule calls and she will talk to you on the phone and, um, yep. She's not just saying, come find me online. She will actually talk to you. So if you want yeah. to, <laughs> which I'm proud of. I love that, you know, our startup, we, we are um, in the trenches and we are reachable. I think that's really important. Yeah, we're accessible for sure. Yeah. So if you guys have any interest in life coaching or you want to go through the program for to change your own life, um, contact us and let's talk about it. And we'll, get, we'll let you know if, um, if it's the right thing. Yeah, man. Well, hold down the fucking fort till I get back to LA. Yes. And we will continue... <laughs> The sitcom that is Noel Cordell. Awesome. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. All right, later. Be well. Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast presented by Shift. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, head to shift.us. That's S-H-F-T dot U-S for more information. Feel free to rate us, review us, and tell a friend.